Welcome to another episode of Just Cop, an e-commerce show hosted by yours truly, Lauren Deal. <laughs> I and, thought you were um, Kevin Deal. <laughs> Uh, Just Cop is a podcast where we talk about different topics pertaining to branding, web design, development, all centered around e-commerce. We'll be throwing a little tech at you and all those cool things, Um, along with our commentary about tech news that we hear that we think is interesting that we just want to talk about. Um, And stories about products that we just copped. And these products are from Black-owned businesses. No, I don't. It's fine. (laughs) This is episode three. Three. And (laughs) we're getting better and better as time goes. And so that's just how it's going to be. And I'm a proponent and, you know, everything's not perfect. So you just got to put it out there and ship it. Yeah, just ship it Uh, (laughs) from uh, this course that I'm taking, 30 by 500, the, the... one of the the people who wrote the course, Amy Hoy, has a book called Just F and Ship It. And it's really good. And so that's what we're doing with this. And I have no doubt that it gets better over time. Um, so we'll start with the tech word of the week. What word is it? Bundling. Bundling. Yes. And so bundling can have different meanings, I think, for different industries right so it's like when we think of i mean it's still the same thing but it just applies differently across the board i think one of the things i think when i hear bundling the most is i think of comcast we know that they bundle mm, yeah. their services internet and web phone yeah so bundling is, is, oh, is internet cable phone <laughs> yeah, yeah web and internet is the same thing uh-huh. <laughs> um but i'll give the definition bundling is a concept of selling two or more products together instead of a single one Mm-hmm. This is the perfect solution to combo up your slow-moving products with new ones, thus increasing your revenue. Right. So um, I think the most recent bundle, I, I think, is a lot of cable companies, like you said, Comcast, and these streaming companies. You yeah. can get a, a Hulu bundle with uh, oh, with ESPN stars and, those and yeah. uh, Disney+. Plus. Yeah. But as it relates to e-commerce, bundling is when you decide to sell some of your, like I said, one of your slow moving products with one of your uh, newer, more exciting products that everybody is clamoring at. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good way to also get people to try something that you think would be really helpful for them. But the product just isn't moving. So you can think about bundling, adding on um, at the end of checkout and saying like, you know, maybe the product is usually cost $7, but mm-hmm. because it's bundled now, both of the products are at like a discounted rate and then you sell them together at that discounted rate. And then people, you know, it's like an add on, but it, it kind of takes away. <laughs> uh, when I say takes away is because it's just like the idea is that getting both products is just cheaper than buying them separately. Um, which is just a good strategy sometimes when there's something that you just really know is going to, is a hit or you need to just move the inventory because you have some stuff you've been holding on to. It hasn't been moving. Right. And you don't have the space anymore. All those things. You just want to get rid of it. Um, that's just a good thing to think about in your strategy is to bundle products. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts? Bundling. 
So for our tech news, tech news. I said I was going to uh, do a theme song, but that's coming. It's coming. Wait on. Wait on it. I used to freestyle back at uh, college, so I'm gonna just go freestyle and DJ (laughs) at the cafeteria tables. (laughs) Well, it was really just a group of us that would just laugh and freestyle. But I'm gonna use some of those skills. I want somebody to comment on this video. Prove it so we get a freestyle <laughs> in the next video. Uh, I don't know if that's going to come. What <laughs> uh, some of the news that I wanted to talk about? So this isn't really new, um, but I just thought it was very, very interesting because I just didn't hear a lot of people talking about it. Yeah. So uh, Virgin Hyperloop. Um, the first passengers went through the Hyperloop in November of mm-hmm. 2020, so that's last year. But this Hyperloop goes up to 670 miles per hour. No fatalities. No fatalities. Crazy. So, like, you you get into, like, a little tube that's in a tunnel. So, they've created these tunnels yeah. underground. And you get in a tube, and the one that I saw was two passengers. You put on the seatbelt, and then— What it, about a safety helmet? No, they had on no helmet. They just <laughs> had on regular clothes. <laughs> you put on a seatbelt, and then you just go at, like, 675. Break, breakneck speed. <laughs> Right, exactly. So the system propels passengers or cargo pods, because that's what it was, a cargo pod. Yeah, so it's Um, not a train, it's a pod. Over a thousand miles. Yeah, it's not a train. It's like you and somebody else get into this little, like, We're stepping into the future. Yeah, that looks like a little pill or something like that. And then you go hyperspeed. So it speeds, um, it goes a thousand miles uh, like the distance currently. Okay. So that's three times faster than like a train or the fastest train that's out there. Uh-huh. Um, and it's 10 times faster than traditional train. So a trip from LA to San Francisco on a plane, like an airplane, and we know airplanes go really fast, uh-huh. um, takes an hour and 23 minutes. A car ride takes six hours. <laughs> the Virgin Loop, 35 minutes. 43 minutes. <laughs> so I don't think I'll ever get on the version loop. Like, I'm going to get on it. <laughs> Are you? It's, yeah, it's like a King Dakai Six Flags. <laughs> King Dakai does not go, well, I don't know how fast roller coasters go. Uh, it ain't going hour. that It ain't going yeah, that it's fast. It's not going that fast. Um, uh, just the idea of what that would do to travel over time of taking out like that much time in your day to be able to get from San Francisco to LA in 43 minutes. Of course, this will be only reserved for the richest for the of the rich. rich. Right. <laughs> because they're the only ones that really need to even get there that fast. Exactly. Again, another example to of rich people money. doing stuff because they bored. <laughs> they need time. They, they need something to and do with their is, time. Time is money. Time is money for, you know, the elite, the top 1%, I guess. Um, Time is money for us too, but I don't think I, I would pay the the cost for this. I don't know what the cost is currently to get on I this virgin pay the loop. I cost to live in San Francisco anyway. Well, I mean, you could just be traveling. Like, that's, let's say you you go to LA for a trip and then you go shoot down to San Francisco for a day or two, and then you come back. I mean, I think that that's. I think if they can make it um, accessible to a lot of people, I think it would be. It's going to be a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I don't I don't like fast speeds and just the you idea. You get motion sickness. So I we do. already know. So I don't, I don't even know. But you might be going so fast you don't feel it. Yeah. I, I mean, when you're in a plane, you don't feel how fast you're going. That's true. 
So it, it, I don't know what the feeling is like, but if we ever get a chance to experience it, it'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I really want to, but if it's like, if the, the chance just dropped at our doorstep, it's like, okay, maybe. Reach out to us and we'll I'll test drive it. <laughs> Bring us on the Virgin Loop and we'll, we'll test drive and, and film. Yeah. Um. So coming kind of back to the retail space, um, it says retail sales grew 6.5% or rised from 6.5% to 8.2% or it will rise um, in 2021. And that's because the vaccine is triggering the fastest growth in over two decades. Wow. So as somebody who has taken the vaccine and I've, I've taken both shots now, mm-hmm. um, I, I, it makes sense because now that I've taken the vaccine, it's not that I take less precautions, but I feel better about being outside. Yeah, you're more comfortable with the idea of being around people. Right. Like I've been able to venture out a little more now than I have been able to be in the past. In the past, I was just in the house. Once winter breaks, I think it's also going, I think progression with the vaccine is going along with the seasons. Yeah. Um, Well, last summer, people was out and about like it wasn't nothing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We won't talk about those. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I think the progression with the vaccine and the seasons is going to encourage people to get out and spend yeah. Their money. I mean, people are tired of being in the house. I, number one, am tired of being in the house. I'm tired of looking at these four walls. I'm appreciative of the four walls. I'm just tired of being in the house, especially somebody who was out every weekend, mm-hmm. most weeknights. And then to be in the house for like a year now, it's, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> so I could just imagine. And then a lot of people, you know, were able to save money. Um, so, you know, people were sitting on money, but, you know, a lot of people were really badly impacted and weren't able to spend yeah, any a lot money. Yeah, and a lot of businesses were badly impacted, so I pray that if they survive, they get some relief. Right. I, I pray that some, a lot of this growth helps to kind of replace whatever people had to do in the interim while right. COVID was happening. Like picking up extra jobs. Yeah. Uh, DoorDash and all of that. Right. Um, it's really exciting to know that like the economy is growing again. And I think that should just make us really optimistic about e-commerce and how business is going to grow um, in e-commerce. Because even though people are going to, you know, shop more retail, um, I think though their reliability on e-commerce and doing shopping online, all those things during COVID now opened up a space and a comfortability yeah. that people, it was going to take them a longer time to have. Right. So, you know, I know people, you know, our parents' age who are getting uh, DoorDash and getting right. their groceries delivered and all those things now. And I think it would have took it, took them a Another few year. more years yeah. to get to yeah. that place where they were comfortable with that. But now they just, you know, are comfortable with the it's apps. the norm. Right. It's become the norm. So I think that's just really great to hear. I think that's really a really optimistic place to be, positive place to be um, as we think about where retail is going mm-hmm. and, and the future of retail in 2021. And it won't it will only get better. From yeah, here. I agree. Um, and the last thing, which is kind of directly ties into all of this stuff is that um, online shipping costs are expected to increase into the pandemic. 
Mm. So that is the downside of all of this is like as e-commerce grew and, you know, people had more, there was more demand on shipping carriers. Right. Trucking industry and all of that. Right. And and they weren't really beefed up. They didn't have the infrastructure to really support all of that. And then you have giants like Amazon who make it hard for small businesses because they have this two-day free shipping method. And so now everybody, a lot of people know that Amazon is like the... The, the big bad brother, right? But they still shop there because it's like, I know I'll get my package in two days or right. less. Most other companies, most small businesses don't have that type of infrastructure to be able to do that. And so yeah. now it's a detriment. Like even, I don't know if you remember this, but it took forever for the post office to oh, deliver. Christmas gifts might still be getting delivered. Right, we got, we got a thing of mail that was like a rubber band around it. And like, here, here you go. This might be late, but here you go. Yeah. And they just didn't have the, the infrastructure to really do all that. And a lot of people got chargebacks, cancel orders, stuff like that because of the post office. And they can't, you know, they can't, I guess, like, they don't really have a a hand in that. Like, they didn't do it. They didn't make... Right. Shipping take long, but that's what, you know, is a is directly impacting people. And so that's something to know when you're doing your pricing strategy, when you're thinking about how you're charging um, customers that come to your site um, shipping. It's important to know that shipping costs are going to rise mm-hmm. and it's like, how can you pad your pricing or how can you make it so that your customers don't feel it as much um, and then, you know, maybe not be customers. Yeah, yeah. I think a, a big deterrent for me is like buying something online and the shipping cost being just as much as, as the whatever the product is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm That's not buying piece. that. <laughs> and you, and you, you're paying for the convenience of having it delivered and whatever stress that you are getting relief from going out in this pandemic to go get whatever it is. Right, you're but still, I, I'll do without it if it's that expensive. Right. So it's like I don't want to buy something for ten dollars and the shipping is eight. Yeah, I'm not buying that. And I don't know it's coming like just priority mail or something like that. So I know I'm not going to get it in a decent You're not amount getting of time. It faster than Amazon about to give it to you. Right. So it's like make sure your pricing strategy includes some of this mm-hmm. so that your customers don't feel it as much. Um, and, and you, you want don't them to buy it because this is a, like you said it's a deterrent. Right. If the shipping costs as much as the product, it's like. A, I don't know if I needed that bad. Right. And a lot of times people were like, I don't know why, you know, I have so many abandoned carts. Um, and it's just because, like, your shipping is super expensive. And I know sometimes it's easy to just be like, oh, I'm going to uh, have customers pay for shipping. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's those small things that make a shopping, an online shopping experience more worthwhile when that is already maybe padded in the pricing of the product. So... That is all that I have for tech news, news, news. news. <laughs> We're going to come up with better like transitions as time goes, but it is what it is right now. And I'm okay with I'm, that. I'm okay with it too. <laughs> um, so let's get to our topic of conversation. Um, and that is target audience. Ooh. 
like in. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> I feel like uh, when I, I was, we were thinking about what we wanted to talk about. One of the things that I get into the most deep conversations about when I'm talking to people, just preliminary about business things, is yeah. target audience. Yep. It's a. I think it's a. It's a wrestle for a lot of business owners. Yeah. I see it most amongst men, but that's just me. I see it amongst women too. Okay. I think. I think everybody thinks of the idea. So let's back up for a second. Mm -hmm. Because I do want to say, so target audience is the demographic, psychographic persona (laughs) of things of your ideal customer, right? So it's their age, their maybe their race. Sometimes that doesn't matter. Um, Sometimes it's their demographic, where they live. Uh, are they in the Northeast? Are they in the South? Are they in, you know, different places? Uh, Might be it specific could be, to your city or your town or whatever. Yep, yeah. it could be specific to the city or town. Um, and they can get into other things, like they would drive uh, five minutes further to go to uh, a better McDonald's than the McDonald's closest to them because they don't like their food. Or the ice cream machine always broken. Right. Uh, Or they prefer Starbucks over Dunkin' or, you know, they went to college. Um, They went to this kind of college. They went to that kind of college. How do they spend their free time? Um, What keeps them up at night? What are their pain points? I mean, target audience, it it should go that deep and deeper. Um, But I think that people get caught up and caught off on the highest level of like, drilling down on your target audience and that's just demographics right I agree I think it's hard for people to vision one support I think people think of target audience as a box and they don't know how the box supports their business they want everyone to support their business right so that they can make all the money Mm -hmm. and I think that's just a false a false thing that some people have learned about business. Yeah. I mean, we can even talk about how we had initial disagreements. We had arguments. <laughs> when we first started about target audience, because you wanted to have everybody I'm be trying to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted the world to be my target audience. Right. Realistically, I- it's no way to even accomplish that. There is no way. Because if you're marketing to everybody, then you're not marketing. You're mar- yeah, you're not marketing. Yeah. It, it just cannot happen. One, is it, even people as big as Amazon and Walmart and, you know, these colossal industries, they have maybe several different, you know, personas of who their target audience is. Right, and they but they have personas. They didn't start as Amazon that we know it today. Right. Amazon and, <laughs> started as a book selling company. So if you wasn't exactly. buying books, they weren't marketing to you. Right. You were not in the demographic. And it was right. a certain kind of person who bought books. Right. And it was all these things that go into it. And so you can't have a successful business where you have no target audience, where you want everybody to fit into your box. Yeah. And I think that we're we're going to talk, talk on this subject a little later in another episode, but like where market research comes in handy because right. your business should be able to be supported by 
your target audience. And so doing the correct market research helps you to see like, I can maybe market to, uh, let's even say it's, it's as small as, now I would never suggest this, but if it's as small as a thousand people, mm-hmm. but this product right here, <laughs> this product right here, <laughs> it's worth $15,000 to each one of these people in this this a good small box. Yeah. So it's like, and, and, you know, maybe it's worth $15,000 a month and the people in this target audience can pay that. That's like chump change to them. And it's a monthly subscription of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you don't have to market to nobody else off of that. Right. And they, so <laughs> they can support your product or whatever it is, or your service or whatever it is you're selling, but in this context product. Um, and so, you know, the idea that we don't want to, even drill down because we're afraid that it's going to help. It's going to cause us to lose the sales. Like every sale isn't a good sale. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, we need to to think about that more, but also the waste of energy you would have as a small business mm-hmm. starting out, trying to market to everybody. There's just not even enough use in the world <laughs> to do right. that. Like that would take a crazy marketing budget marketing strategy, mm-hmm. like pool, <laughs> all kinds of things to um all kinds of things. So I just think that you know when you are starting a business, you should really take time to figure out who your target audience is. And here are ways that you can do that. Before you say that, hold okay. on. I think even just from the bare minimum for somebody that wants to start a company mm-hmm. is like the first thing you should do before you even make a product mm-hmm. is do some market research and see what it is that you have a product for. Because I've seen people create products and there ain't no market for that product. Right. Um, or the people that they think is their target audience don't care about that product, don't right. want that product. Right. A lot of times people try to reverse engineer it and try to make the product and then make the target audience fit the product. Yeah. When it's just like, well, who told you that people want that? Did you ever ask the target audience or you just thought like, you know what? <laughs> they need this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if that's the strategy, there's a, I mean, there's always a chance something will work, right? But if we're using, if we're being smart and using strategy about it, that's just not a good one. Yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, you're right. It should start with target audience. Sometimes you could, you know, do it two ways. You can say, you can start with, all right, I, um, I found this product. So this is not thinking about drop shipping because drop shipping is like a whole other can of worms, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about like you um, are sourcing a product like from like vendors and, you know, just not drop shipping (laughs) in the e-commerce space. Um, Everything but that. Uh, I think that you can say, I found clothing, right? This clothing vendor, they have clothing that I like. I'm my target. I'm my own target audience. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, selling clothing to 30-year-olds that, you know, this, that, and the third, blah, 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 blah. And I love this. So I think there's other people that's going to love it too. 
Right. All right. That's one thing mm-hmm. uh, or one way. And then the other way is to think about a target audience that you want to serve, serve yeah. um, and then figure out what their pain points are. Yeah. So go stalk them <laughs> and see where they hang out and see what they're talking about and, mm-hmm. you know, what they what Listen they to what they're complaining about. Right. And what they find pain about. Yeah. Um, and then create a product that helps alleviate that pain or gives them some type of convenience, mm-hmm. um, makes their day easier, all those things. Um, so I think that those are definitely things to consider. But when you are going into your target audience and defining them, I think one thing is to to note that it takes time to define your target audience. And it takes time to understand their behaviors because not as as simple as, you know, you figuring out their demographics, I think it's even more important that you figure out how do they behave. Yeah. Because when you understand how they behave, well, then you can use that to your advantage to either market to them because mm-hmm. you can speak their language, you can, you know, get in their day in a normal, organic way. Yep. Um, also... Um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> that well, quick. you can get back to the the list. Um, yeah, products should solve the issue. So that's what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> In general, that's what I was getting to. It's just that you know, when you build a product, it should solve an issue, or it should have some type of convenience, or it should create some type of emotional feeling. Um, and I was talking about understanding behaviors. That's mm-hmm. where I was at. Yeah. Um, and when you understand the behaviors of people, it and I was saying that it takes time. That's where I was at. Um, it takes time to get it because when you first meet somebody generally, like they may, you know, you may exhibit or observe some things that they do, but you don't quite know yet. Mm-hmm. Um and so or the understand more understand the reason why they do what they do. Right. So the more and more you spend time getting to know your target audience and their behaviors. Mm, that's a word. That's a marriage counseling. We're going that's another. <laughs> that's a that's a word right there. Go the on, more go on, babe. <laughs> the more and more you, you know, spend time observing your target audience and understanding them and why they do what they do, then you can better, you know, make products for them. And that's just something that progresses over time. But the idea in general that we want to share and and relay is that you should have a target audience. Mm -hmm. You should know their demographics, but even more importantly, their psychographics and understand That's the behavior piece, psychographics. Right. And understand them, what they want, what keeps them up at night. What do they do on a day-to-day basis? What are their preferences? All of those things. And that's how you know that you've done and have taken a deep dive. And these things will not, you know, they're not, they're live active things. So they should be changing and evolving Mm -hmm. as time changes and evolves because that's how people do. And so moms in the 50s are doing something different than moms in 2021. And so it's like that, that mom persona then won't fit. Today, those, right. those if you have longevity, your target audience is probably going to change. Right, their their behaviors will change. Right, over time, um, and so we want to just stress <laughs> how 
how important it is to not target everybody, but to actually have a target audience. Yeah, and, I feel like the more buckled down and boxed in you are, especially starting out, is the the best. Yeah, because you can super serve that niche. And the idea also, too, is that I, that I've heard a lot of people talk about and I agree with is is the idea of serving people. Mm-hmm. So it's you want to serve people and serving them is helping them. Yeah. Um, I could even think of an example that's kind of not related to e-commerce. But um, so I do missions with uh, our church and we go to Malawi um, or more specifically Lilongwe in yeah. Malawi, um, which is in Southeast Africa. And a lot of times when I go there, people always say like, oh, what are you doing there? When you get there, are you going to help like build a school or are you going to, I mean, that's usually like the the most common thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, am I going to help build a school? And, you know, the idea is in that case, that would be me developing a product without even consulting my target audience. Yeah. It's like, why would I go build a school? I don't know if that's what they need. Yeah. And I think that's under like what you were talking about earlier, under the assumption that, you know, your target audience. It's like, oh, you're going to the poorest country in the world? Right. Like, oh, they need schools. And it's like, wait a minute. Right. Did they tell you that? <laughs> did, did you ask them? <laughs> right. And did they tell you that they need schools? And so when we go, we go with an attitude of service of you tell me what you need and yeah. then I'll look at my my specific my abilities, skills, my, yeah, your yeah. specific skills, uh-huh. and we'll figure out how we could do this together. together. Yeah. And so I think that that's, that's the good. same idea that we should have when we think about products for people is, one, do I have the skill set? And two, am I helping you in some mm-hmm. kind of way? Like, does this help you do something, be something, say something Anything, yeah. Um, versus like me just trying to dictate to you how it should should go and how it should be, and because of that, we've been able to develop strong relationships. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be my last point for target audiences. When you know your target audience, you know their behaviors. You can actually build a community around your brand. Right. Everybody can't come to the community. Community centers are for the people who live in the community. In the community, you gotta have ID. <laughs> do you? I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know if I've been to a community center we have to have ID, the, but... I know what the YMCA you do. Oh, you do. But it's for people who live in that community or work in that community or whatever. And so people outside of that community, they don't come to the YMCA near us because they have no reason to. It doesn't apply to them. Right. Um, and so it's the same thing with target audiences. You know, you want to build a community around your thing. And it's okay if there are people on the outside who can't get in or yeah. don't want to be in or whatever because it's not built or made for them. Right. And so a good way to super serve people is to create a space that is created for them. It can't be a space can't be created for me if it's created for everybody. Because I have you specific, and I, right? You I have specific it. needs, yep. wants, ideas, challenges, beliefs, beliefs that everybody else doesn't have. And so, if you create a space where it's like, well, it's for everybody. It's like, well, I'm not going to feel too burdened want, to to come it. around or be around. But if you create a space that's like, this is for this, 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 then I feel like, oh, you made this specifically for me. Mm-hmm. Made um, me feel special. Right. You made me feel special. 
Um, and I think that that's the great output for having a target audience is you can build brands, you can make people feel special, you can optimize your time by making your marketing specifically for those people. Right. Um, and you can create products. If you really, really know them, you can create products that you know will sell because you know what keeps them up at night. Right. You know where their pain and is. And that's how you keep customers coming back. Right. And that's where the money is at. <laughs> right. Show me the money. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> so, to wrap up, target audience, you have anything? Anything else to add? No. To I think add, we to share? Hit the, hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you do it, but... Um, so yeah, this is time for our last segment of the show. I'm gonna go. Can I get my product? Why yeah. you have to get it? You can't just tell us about it. I want it. the people to see it. You gotta see it. And I don't remember the author's name of the book. But I do because I have it right here. Oh, God bless. <laughs> so you go first, and then I'm gonna look at the the product, the book name and stuff before I go. <laughs> I know okay. what the name is. I just need the author. Okay. Shout him out. Well, I, you you can say yours, and I'll shout the author out for you. Okay. I'll go first. So I just copped um, a book called The Ghetto Cowboy. By Gregory Neary. Yeah, thank you. Shout out Gregory Neary. Um, <laughs> I first heard about Ghetto Cowboy <clears throat> because Idris Elba and uh, my man that played... Uh, Bobby in the Wu-Tang Jones. Oh, Ashton Sanders. Yeah, dressed mm-hmm. like a pilgrim at the Met, Gal- the Met Gala. He was <laughs> he was dressed like an English settler. Um, what's his name? Say it again. Ashton Sanders Ashton. or Saunders. Yeah, one Ashton. of those. Um, supposedly, they're making a movie about ghetto cowboys, and ghetto cowboys are here and originate in Philly. Mm-hmm. So it's a book about a kid in Philly who's came from Chicago. His mom, he was getting in trouble with his mom. His mom said, enough, you're going to see your dad who he had never seen before Oh, here in Philly. And he happened to be a ghetto cowboy. So it's a story of the ghetto cowboys in, I think, the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a dope book. It's for young adults, so it's a quick read. But it's, it's deep. Yeah. It's like a coming-to-age story. This young man finds out his dad is a ghetto cowboy in North Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, they still here in Philly. Ghetto cowboys is still out here. If you walking around, you'll see some brothers on some horses. <laughs> you'll hear them before you see them coming. Will you? Yeah, you hear them horses click, clock, oh, click, okay. clock. Right. They loud. Um, uh, it's a great book. I'm looking forward to seeing the movie whenever that drops. Um, that's my just cop story time. <laughs> you just ended like that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, mine is, uh, and also, I know I've said this everywhere, but I am still so disappointed that Urban Skin Rx is not a black-owned company. Mm. But that is an example of somebody who saw an un- under or non-served Target audience group 
Yeah. And decided to take advantage. Now, I'm not mad, right? Yeah. But it's just kind of like... You feel hoodwinked and bamboozled? I feel hoodwinked a little bit. And it could just be because I didn't take the time. I just assumed that somebody made something for black skin, that it they were black. was a black person, yeah. Especially because well, they say, like, they're melanin experts. So, you know, you think, like, wait well... A, wait a honey, minute. <laughs> you're a melanin <laughs> expert if you don't have no melanin. But, yeah. you know, that's not to say people can't go to school and study how to be melanin experts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is still disappointing that it isn't black owned. But I do like what they're doing for black people. Yeah. Well, skin wise, I don't. I don't know too much about the business, and I do know that they have board members who are young black women mm, mm-hmm. killing the game, things like that. So it seems That's like the they brought the community in. Yeah. Uh, but how much greater would it have been if it was black owned? Hmm. So. Okay, so I know you got a black-owned product today. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, so I got introduced to this product from my uh, hairdresser, um, and it must be working because you're looking slim, spam. Thanks. Even though it was your barber that gave me this cut, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on on the top, uh, it's called Aunt Jackie's Don't Shrink, mm. and I so I didn't buy the product for a long time because I was just going to the hairdresser every two weeks and she was using it and whatever. But I decided to, to buy it. Um, she's been out for a few and use it for myself. Yeah. And when I tell you that stuff smells so good, almost edible, good. Mm. <laughs> but Were you looking edible. at the jar like should I try? <laughs> Can but I it's try? not edible. Um, and when I put it on my hair, like it doesn't leave it uh like super it super dry or like sometimes I know you don't know all of this, but sometimes like some gels can leave like a cast mm-hmm. on your hair, and so like that's how it gets like really flaky, flaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and all the other kind of I know stuff. A little bit. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> um, but this doesn't have that issue. Um, it's it's a really, really good product. And I've just enjoyed it. And it's worked so well. It's, it saves me so much time. When you have a product that you can use on a wash and go that you know consistently works and you don't have to take like, you know, two days to, to let it dry or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. It's like something you want to stick with for the rest of your life. So my product this week is Aunt Jackie's Don't Shrink. There's other products in the line, but that has worked the best for me. Um Wash and Go brought to you today by <laughs> Jackie's Don't Shrink. Nice. Um, and that is my Just Cop story. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so sad sad to come to an end. This has been a great 40-something minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always enjoy these times. And yeah. until we come again in two weeks. Yeah, see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Also... Um, feel free to leave a comment, rate our podcast. Um, and if, you know, there's anything that you want to hear about, always feel free to DM us, comment. Yeah. Find us at July 5 underscore design on all social media platforms. All social media. Yes. Um, What's the YouTube? And the YouTube, our YouTube channel is July 5 Studios. July 5 Studios. Yes. So Amen. when you search, just at look for filter channel and type in July 5 Studios and it will pop up. 
a picture of you and I. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Until next time. We out.